Hello, beautiful. It's time for Coffee with Matilda, A Journey to Self. Today, with Salindran, we're gonna, uh, we are taking our fifth episode of Fires of Relationships, and we're going to talk about the space between union. Salindran? Yes, thank you so much, Matilda. I'm Salindran Buller. I'm the host of the podcast, Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener with real stories and expert advice. Space between union. Taking time for ourselves may seem selfish, as though we're avoiding our partner. It may even send signals that we're not that interested in them or that they're not very significantly a part of our life. How about you? How do you feel? Do you feel marginalized or ignored? Well, that would be an issue for sure. However, having time by yourself is totally normal and healthy in any and all relationships. It can really be a useful tool to recharge, recenter, connect with oneself, and allow us to give even more to our partners and to show up more fully in the relationship. In this episode, we discuss space between union. Good relationships are always navigating the push and pull, aren't they, Matilda? Yes, and it's actually very interesting, Sarina, what you're saying, because I've heard with some of my friends or, you know, just observing people around, they say when you give each other uh, some space in relationship, it can sound like dramatic, like your relationship is struggling or you just can't stand each other anymore. Uh, but I really believe taking time for ourselves is like the important part of important part of the relationship. Um, oh, definitely. I'm filled with different personalities. People need different space. I need a lot of space. <laughs> I think it's because I'm an only child. Maybe that's, I don't know. Uh, but. It's interesting, you know, it's a really interesting topic, you know, Matilda, because if you think about it, an introvert wants to have a little bit more me time. An extrovert actually needs to have more people around in order to feel good and to recharge. So it depends really if you're an introvert or an extrovert. And I also think that it's really, really important that you know, that you actually communicate what your needs are. You know, if you think about it, we, we really don't, we're not very good communicators, even when we are communicating. There's so much lost, right, in, in how we deliver. And so I think that a relationship is always better when you're able to communicate, you know, the, the, the needs that that need to be fulfilled so someone who's mature truly who is committed will always express what their individual needs are whereas sometimes what happens is that you know when you have that huge gap or space where you know i just i need me time some people actually get really afraid because does this mean that you know there's something going wrong in the relationship i mean your friends i'm sure that uh you don't you don't just go cold turkey and say okay enough I, I I'm gonna call this relationship off prior to calling a relationship off it's always this you know I need a little bit of time I need a little bit of space but then how do you know 
if this is really naturally what's needed on the other side, or if it's them trying to send you a signal that there's something not quite right in this relationship. That's a big question. Mm, I think if someone likes to have its own individuality, uh, it's already going to give space in the relationship. There are couples that they don't like it. I mean, they do everything together and all of a sudden their friends um, that they made on when they were single, all of them, they're out of picture and they always hang out with their mutual friends, like the couple friends. I don't understand what is it. I think uh, there's a sudden loss of an identity um, that these people feel. Um, so I believe if someone has a healthy relationship with themselves, this is coming back to, again, our first episode. If you really love yourself and if you really have a healthy relationship with yourself, you're going to miss not having alone time. You're going to miss having some me time. Um, so I think come back to... To, to that again <laughs> um, when you have a great relationship with yourself you already have certain boundaries with others doesn't matter how close this person is to you even if your parents or your loved one you're always going to have that space and you oh. need that space to know to, to grow to definitely <laughs> yeah well i totally get that but you know i think there's a lot to be said that when you originally when you actually go into a relationship you know it's easy to drop everything and spend more time with a new partner right that's natural when you first start out in the relationship but as time <laughs> progresses because you need that time you need to spend that time in order to see if it, you're even compatible you need to understand each other. So in order to see if you're compatible, if your likes are similar, if you enjoy each other's company, you have to spend time together. But as the relationship is uh, deepening, as the foundation is solidifying, then of course, uh, you know, you'll find that you're gonna spend less time, um, you know, really, uh, you're going to spend more time uh, with really defining who you are and what your needs are. And so, you know, just like you said, all relationships, that means your friends, your family, everyone's relationship with each other is really something that needs to be worked on. So when we're looking at a romantic relationship, you start off with this big bang because you're attracted to each other. There's something that sets that spark, that fire. But as, as that foundation is solidified, what you'll find is that you are going to need to spend some time with other people, like your friends, like your family, because then you get to weigh things with their perspective, with their take on life as well. And yes, you don't want to lose identity your identity you want to keep intact your individuality but at the same time you know and your individuality and all of that that's all the stuff that you love to do that made you who you are maybe you love playing the piano and that requires time 
and sometimes it doesn't take two people to play a piano and and maybe you know I know that you love to pamper yourself you just and I know that about you because you know you're a friend so you need that time in order to go ahead and pamper yourself and that's a beautiful thing right but in order to do that your spouse or your close intimate relationship that you have he's not going to show up and sit there for two hours while you're you know getting yourself pampered or three hours and sometimes you know let's face it you could go there for a full day <laughs> um you know through i mean my single life uh, experience my dating uh, life experience i i noticed myself that my other relationships that maybe i was more immature or maybe I didn't realize who Matilda really is, or maybe I didn't love Matilda enough. I was infatuated by other people. Now, maybe I can be infatuated and be amazed by other people, but I never lose myself in the process. And when I don't have time for myself, I feel something is missing and that I don't care who I'm hanging out. I miss me and I find my latest relationship and I think that's one of the reasons that maybe it's going well is because I'm not losing myself in this relationship I'm maintaining who Matilda is and I'm keeping and I really still have the interesting life because I really love my life okay this guy is in my life he needs to enhance it not to take away my beautiful life. And I love my friends. I love podcasting. I love uh, new hobbies to have. And um, if, I, if I postpone them or if I neglect them, I feel like I'm neglecting Matilda. I'm neglecting part of me. And it's not fun for me. I don't like that kind of a Matilda. I like Matilda in full force. So I find it interesting especially when I was doing some research about this topic and I'm looking back, I'm like, I handled my relationships before differently than this one. And yeah. maybe maturity. Maturity, 100%. Finally, I'm mature. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was inevitable. That was inevitable, you know. And, and, and you know what, Matilda, I mean, if you think and you look back, at some point after you've laid the foundation and you've got a you know a good solid relationship at some point you do get back to your routines and your own rhythms you know like i said you love your me time but you know what what happens is that not everyone likes me time not everyone likes the me time and if your partner needs more alone time like yeah I mean, think about it. If you need a lot of alone time and your partner doesn't like that, uh, then you might feel that there's something wrong in the relationship if you don't need a lot of me time. And, and that's what you have to look at is who is my partner? Does he understand? And you need to communicate that. Otherwise, what's going to happen is that, you know, you might start drifting apart. You know, your partner could start to become unhappy because he was never really told 
you know, Matilda needs this amount of me time. And all of a sudden he's going to think, oh, you know what? He, she's not happy with me because he's getting mixed signals because maybe it wasn't communicated the way it should have been, right? So, you know, I think that, you know, y y there's this huge necessity out there that no matter who you're in a relationship with, there is this need um, that needs to be communicated, right? Exactly. Right. And, and a lot of that also comes from it or stems from childhood because a child who's very needy will grow up to be a very needy adult. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is if that needy child's needs are not fulfilled, it becomes an issue. And at some point when you're getting your manicure done or your pedicure done, you're going to have to think about that. Right. <laughs> And but you know, um, Salina, you're saying whatever you're saying is right. Yeah. But I think like the, uh, that guy or that woman, the needy one, will yes. give you hints throughout your at the beginning that you can sense like this person needs a lot of attention from me, or needs a lot of um, togetherness constantly. And I think for me, I cannot handle a person like that. For me, I can't because it takes away my whole my space as well i cannot operate in that space i believe that if when you really understand yourself and you really start honoring who you are what your needs are this is the key you have to know your needs then you need to communicate that very comfortably and very clearly to the other person because if i'm not happy if i don't have my space Matilda is not a very polite human being. Matilda is not a nice person. I'm a, usually a very fun person if I have my space, my me time. If yeah. I'm not, I'm not fun at all. I'm terrible. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be even around me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, and I get that. And, and you know what? And what, what we're discussing here is that how do you create that balance between alone time and couple time how do you create that that's the um, key how do you not only communicate <laughs> it's not only how do you communicate what your needs are but also how do you create that balance that's missing because in your eyes you know you may need let's say in an eight hour day eight hours you need 40% of that time for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other person on the other end might say, well, I, I think that that's kind of like you're, you're putting our couple time or you're putting us on the back burner and you're taking this huge amount of time, 40% mm -hmm. for you. So it's very interesting, uh, a question that I think couples out there really need to, uh, you know, really investigate because it does, it does need a little looking at to see, you know, how much time is, is needed for that balance of the relationship in order to go ahead and keep that happiness. Mm -hmm. Now, if you spend time with your friends and family and you keep doing things that you love, you'll be getting your needs met by a whole range of different people doing different things and then your partner can focus on being your partner rather than being your everything everything right 
Exactly. That's a huge thing. When you say, oh, you are my everything, that's a huge undertaking. If you think about it, you're my everything. That means I cannot breathe, eat, sleep, work, do anything without you. I'll run away. If I hear that kind of a statement, I will run away. And I will look at it. I'm like, what? You don't have a sense of life? that I'm your everything, where is your friend, where is your, I don't know, hobbies. You need to have an interesting life. Otherwise, I don't want to be that part of your life. Well, if doing, <laughs> if you're, and yeah, and yeah, there are people out there and women out there, men out there that would be like over the moon. I am her everything. And, and, and it depends on who you are, you know, and uh, it's, it's, it is, this is a very interesting topic. How much space is enough space and how much space is too much space that it becomes uncomfortable, unbearable. And, you know, it goes back to doing the things that make you happy, you know, and if you're happy, doesn't happiness actually make you a better partner? If you're doing the things, if you're doing the things you love doing and you're a happy person, obviously it's going to make you a better partner and being friends and doing things that you love is a form of self care. It makes you a happier person and your relationships at the end of it actually benefit from that. So it's, it's, uh, it's a really big topic, you know, um, your relationships actually have a chance to become stronger because, you know, it's made up of people who are feeling confident and fulfilled in, in what things that they're doing, you know, that make them happy. So their happiness doesn't depend on you anymore. In other words, they're learning how to navigate their internal world, you know. Exactly. Right. Very true, uh, very true, Also, I want to bring another um, point here. I think alone time is really undervalued in our society right now. I think with the social media, everyone is all about posting pictures of parties, gatherings, group dinners, vacations, and no one is posting a picture of themselves alone in a restaurant or eating a dinner alone or going to a yoga class alone or you know it's not these things are not cool and for me it's very interesting that how come someone is not celebrating them their time alone because at the end oh. everything starts with you and ends with you <laughs> And again, well, and we're, we're at a point in society where I hate to say it, but if you're caught in a restaurant by yourself having dinner, you're classified as a bit of a loner and loser. Mm -hmm. I hate to say that, but that is the way society looks at it. So it, it becomes a, a fine line between what is acceptable, what, what things can you like, Going for a cup of coffee by yourself is not a problem. People understand that. But going for dinner by yourself, there's yeah. an issue there. There's like, oh, this guy's a bit of a loser. He's by himself. Or, oh, look at her sitting by herself. Like, what's up with that? There is a lot of judgment. There is a lot of judgment. But the ones that actually, you know, treasure that me time, um, you will find them to actually not be uh not be the ones that are afraid of other people's judgment they're quite secure in who they are and realistically they don't care 
But the ones that actually are, are quite insecure will look at that as like, I mean, I have friends, they, they won't, will not, will not go for dinner, lunch, or shop by themselves. It's like, you went by yourself? And I'm like, yes, I did. Oh, well, didn't that kind of feel weird? And I'm like, actually, I loved it. I didn't have to go ahead and, you know, take into consideration what you might want to do if the two of you, two of us went. And mm -hmm. they would never, ever, never, ever would you ever see them by themselves shopping or by themselves having, you know, lunch or dinner. Whereas, you know, I, I'm a bit of an introvert. I am. I admit it. And I'm quite happy with who I am. And I, I really don't care what society has to say, but I've come to that point in my mm -hmm. life. And yet there's many, many people that are out there and they actually have to look at this and what is it that they, that they enjoy? So here's a big question, Matilda. Uh -huh. Here's the big question. Do you enjoy the company of yourself? That's I the key. Exactly. That's the Do key you enjoy? <laughs> right? Exactly. I enjoy my company the most. That's right. That's right. So, but we're introverts. <laughs> no, but you and I are introverts. According mm. to the way uh, this is looked at from the outside in, we are mm -hmm. classified as introverts because we love the company of ourselves. And that means I enjoy, you know, doing things by myself. And people do not, do not understand that. And we actually need that time away from people in order to fill ourselves up and to recalibrate, to energize, to balance and bring some sort of um, grounding into our life. Whereas there are the people, oh, no, no, they have to head downtown with, you know, at least 100 or 200 people around themselves. And that's what fills them up. That's they actually get energized, right? <laughs> they get totally <laughs> energized. <laughs> also, I want to, um, Salinger, uh, I was thinking today, actually, yeah, these are all maybe the physical space we're giving to the partner. What about emotional space? Some friends, some, again, parents and children, uh, some couples, don't give each other the emotional space. And I think that can be problematic as well. How do you see that? Well, yes, definitely. I mean, when you say emotional space, so let's just take it from children, right? Children are born, they're very connected to their, their main caregiver. And usually the main caregiver is, um, I'd say 90% of the time, it's the, the mother. Okay, mm -hmm. and um, or there it could be anyone else, right? A nanny or or a grandmother, and so what happens is that that child is 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 growing and is being taught. I can't say being taught is growing. So children, we have it all backwards in my in my understanding, the way that I have seen things. As much as we like to say, oh, we've taught our children how to read, we've taught our children how to walk, 
we taught our learn children how to talk. Not realistically, they taught themselves. Mm -hmm. They taught mm -hmm. themselves. They taught themselves how to walk. They taught themselves how to uh, talk and walk and read and do all those things. Yes, we introduced them to these concepts, but by watching us, they learn more. Okay. And so what you're doing at a, from a very young age is that you're teaching them that, you know, it's, there's a time for me, which is, you know, whether it's reading time, whether it's play time, whether it's nap time, you naturally teach the children to be a little bit independent. And the, the, the best parenting is when you can give them the most time to spend with themselves. Because we do not teach them how to judge. We do not teach them um, a lot of things that are our, our own belief systems, limiting belief systems. So when you give them me time and they grow up on their own, they're the most perfect individuals. And so what they do is they're watching and they're learning. Now, as that yeah. child, as that child is, is growing, what's happening is that you're giving more and more independence to that child, be it going from uh, being at the home, in the home the whole time, now they're going into preschool and then on to school. And of course, eventually what happens is that the child themselves like to push the boundaries and explore and what's this about and what's that about. Now, this is them coming into. And this is beautiful because, you know, it goes back to the old saying, your children are not your children. Your children are borrowed. So if your children are not your children and they're borrowed, isn't it your responsibility to teach them to be independent and free thinking is it not your responsibility to allow them to spend time with themselves so that they're comfortable and they understand who they are and what their needs are and the more that you understand that the more you're able to teach them mm -hmm. that and and that doesn't mean you know you're writing it down or teaching them verbally it means that you you say no this is my time for me to read my book that's teaching that child that me time is important in my case it will be this is mommy's bath time don't bother <laughs> that's right that's right that's right and otherwise mommy will be cranky we don't want a cranky mama <laughs> right and and so it's your own way of teaching them that you value yourself you value your time with yourself yeah. and when you value you and you value and and nowadays i don't think there is very many people who do not value and need the time to themselves doing whatever it is that's needed right and um, be it a walk in nature. You know, I, I will take my grandkids out. I'll let them run around and I'll let them explore and do their own thing. And that's a beautiful way to teach them. But it naturally happens. Now, going back to Matilda, who <laughs> left mom and dad and moved to the States mm -hmm. and was living with grandma. And then from leaving yeah. grandma, she even left and lived by herself in New York. You think about the independence and the me time, you gradually, gradually, gradually went into that. 
right? Mm-hmm. True. And, true. And, and so you became very accustomed to it. You became very comfortable with it. And that is something which is so beautiful because it wasn't like, oh, we have to teach her to value her, herself and we have to teach her to value her time. It progressively just kind of happened on its own. And in their own way, your parents allowed for you to have your wings and to fly freely. Yes, the first yeah. big, the first big thing was to go to grandma's. Mm-hmm. But then grandma gave you more fuel, and she allowed you to, you know, become even more free and more comfortable with being by yourself. And off to New York, you went. No, yeah, As, true, you know, true. and so so um, with children, it happens progressively, naturally. And your love is not lost. Isn't it interesting that love is not lost? So you're a million miles away from each other. You never question whether you're loved or whether, you know, whatever. You know you're loved. You're, you, you accepted that, right? But yeah, yeah, because what's not there to love? Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, last time we were talking that the parents give their children unconditional love and teach them that no matter what, they're there for them. It's beautiful because I, I know that I'm the moon and I'm the sun of my parents and I'm the most valuable human being there um, and actually makes me uh, choose my options in life more carefully because I know I'm there um, everything so everything with space that's right everything with space because love does not mean that you put yourself in a prison love means that you're free you know that old saying if you love something set it free that means you're giving them the freedom to be themselves That does not mean that you're caging them up to be the way you want them to be. That means you are giving them the space, the freedom to be who they chose to be in this lifetime at this time in, in, in a relationship with you. Now, isn't that a beautiful give? It's beautiful. But also I can see, I looking my friends from Iran and Armenia, I realized for example, the reason I wanted to talk about the emotional space as well, the parents don't give their children enough emotional space. They want to take care of whatever this child is feeling, uh, the ups and downs. Uh, they want to take the burden on themselves. And I think that child doesn't learn how to deal with I mean, sometimes very stupid things or very mild things, but for that child, it's kind of a big deal. But if we let that child to deal with it, uh, we learn how to overcome those emotional ups and downs. But when the parents don't give that space, that child starts having a co- uh, starts having codependency. And maybe that's why when they're, in a, they're older and they need to find another part, that need to find a romantic partner and become very clingy to them because they don't know how to handle emotions. I've seen in a lot of men this one, actually. It's very funny. I think men are more codependent than women. 
And so when you look at the codependency issue and you, I mean, there's many factors, but let's say that the main caregiver who, who made them so codependent, it would have been a female, right? So isn't it interesting that all of those issues then resurface when it becomes, when it comes to a female, right? The oh, other yeah. thing, right? And so, it, and, and also to, to, to your comment about the parents who, who basically um, don't give enough space for the child to actually navigate and to learn and to grow a backbone to make decisions. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said about the parent who isn't allowing for the, for the child to understand that there are going to be challenges in life. That's a promise. That's a promise. You will be challenged. And that, yes, there will be times when you will fall. And that's a promise. And I choose at this time not to help you get up. Because I want you, as my son or daughter, to have the strength to get up yourself. Because that's what's going to need. That's what's going to be needed. And so for the parents out there, your responsibility is to teach your children that there will be challenges in life, that you will be going through ups and downs, and that it is your responsibility as a parent to teach them how to get up themselves, not to become their crutch, because then you're weakening them. And then it becomes a bigger issue as they get older. Exactly. It becomes a bigger issue as they get older. I say to my, I, I can tell you the number of times, Matilda, and I have three beautiful children that are all married now. And I have, you know, three grandchildren, as you know. I mean, the way I raised my kids, I saw my kids. I knew this thing is going to make them fall. I knew it from the day they'd made the decision, I'm going to do this. And I, I could have been the parent and said, no, you shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. mm -mm -mm -mm. I said, oh, good. Oh, good. Now they get Let to them learn. learn. Let them learn. They're going to get to, they're going to learn how to fall. And guess what? I'm still here. I'm still here. Because now they know how to fall, they know how to get up, and they know that tomorrow could also be another bigger challenge, but they're okay with it. Because they know that that is the way you grow. The biggest lessons in life are the hardest and most painful, but I'll tell you something, you never forget the lesson. You never forget the lesson, right? Wouldn't you want your kids to learn that while you're still alive? Yes, Alina, and actually, I'm going to tell you as a, oops, my light went, as a, as a child, um, I was always seeing my mom in two elements, I want to say, how maybe self-pampering became a very normal element for me. I would see my mom once a week to pamper herself with the mask, and it was her, her time, so I couldn't bother her, or, I couldn't, or her nails, she had to do her nails all the time. And I learned from her and I realized, oh, this is part of my daily life. Um, so, and then I realized later on that some my friends, they don't like to do it. And was question for me, how can you not like to pamper yourself? 
then maybe because they haven't seen it or they weren't accustomed to it for a long time. Also, I want to share whoever has a child in, and their young mothers. I remember my mom, when I had the issue with friends in school or uh, teachers at school, my mom would never come and resolve it. She would say, you created it, you go solve it. Or you, you have an issue with your friend, I don't have an issue with your friend, you go solve it. And for a long time, I was condemning my mom's action. I was like, how come she doesn't want to take care of me? Like she doesn't love me. I think I thought about those, those processes as well. But now that I'm looking back, there were all, these were all lessons. Of, I mean, obviously there were stupid uh, fights maybe with friends, but was it small steps for my independency to, I have to stand up for myself. That kind of helped me, uh, maybe one of the reasons that helped me to be away from the family and handle certain hardships of not being uh, around family because of that, because my mom made me independent from young age. And she always told me, I don't have brother sisters, so I need to handle my business, uh, you know, alone, <laughs> lots of times. And that procedures helped me to become who I am. I don't know, good or bad, but. And, and you know, there is a fine line between being independent or being, or teaching a child to be independent. I find that a, a lot of young mothers nowadays, unfortunately, um, they, they read their books and they do the mothering. And when you really look at it, some of those books, uh, I shake my head. I shake my head. You know, uh, you're reading books instead of getting natural advice. Um, and again, you know, I'm. Uh, it's it, it's very it's very personal, and there is a fine line. At what point do you introduce total? independence because you don't want the child to also have that oh i'm so independent i've you know i've done everything by myself my whole life and then all of a sudden they're in a relationship and they don't know how to give and take because there's never been that and so they know i have to control everything because i've done it my whole life i've done it since i was five so again, you know, keeping everything in, in check, I think, is, is the key. So I, I wanted to share, uh, as we come in close to the end of our show today, um, you know, some small ways to give your partner more space without losing them. This is according... That's great. <laughs> I wanted to ask you the same question. Bravo. And this is, <laughs> and this, and this is according to experts out there. So one is, don't take your partner's request personally. So in other words, recognize that you may be an introvert like Matilda and I, where we need a lot of me time, and your partner may be an extrovert. They need lots of people around them in order to fuel themselves back up again. Okay. Number two is thank them for being honest about what they need. So if they are communicating them, don't bombard them with questions. What do you mean you want me time? What, what does that mean? Does that mean you don't want to be with me anymore? Like, take it easy. Thank them. All you need to do is say thank you very much for being honest. I will try to see what I can do in order to make sure that that need is met. 
Number three is define what having more space actually means to them and respect that their requests uh, and figure out when and where their partner wants to have solo time. So in other words, you know, really, really, you know, define what that means because, you know, you on the receiving end could be hearing completely something different than what they're actually communicating to you. Okay. You know, uh, for instance, you know, do they want a weekend away to spend with friends? You know, it could be that that's all they need. That's all they want. And meanwhile, you're thinking, oh, they want me time. And does that mean this relationship is completely off? And, you know, I think a big concern out there nowadays with the younger generation is, why are you always checking in on me? Why are you always texting me or calling me just because I have a cell phone? You see, limit your texting. That's a key. Limit your texting. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with just sending a quick, hey, I hope you're having a great day. But if you're constantly, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? Or, you know, it becomes a little bit irritating because you can't eat, breathe, or do anything without the other person. Like, I'm sitting on the toilet now. What, what, what else can I express? <laughs> Right? I think it comes with maturity now, uh, Salindran. A hundred percent. But I think that there's a lot of people out there. Unfortunately, as you know, um, the endorphins kick in when people are on their cell phones. People are addicted to these mobile devices now. And unfortunately, because they're so addicted, they don't even realize that what they're doing is inappropriate. Very so, true. so experts are saying limit your texting. Uh, the next one is find more time to hang out with friends and family because then your partner is actually very comfortable because they know who you're with and, um, and you're getting good advice because your family and friends know you and they also know your partner. Set goals for yourself. In other words, challenge yourself. Don't just be, uh, you know, it's a couples only thing. Maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe you need to lose 10 pounds. Challenge yourself, set a goal for yourself, which really creates that um, independence of who you are and how, how worthy you think you are. So, and that's, a, that's getting back to self-care again, Matilda. And of course, the last thing is let go of any fears you may have of being alone. It's like that fear of being in the dark. Well, don't be fearful of being by yourself. It's a beautiful thing. And maybe you, they can discover something new about themselves, something exotic, and they can be very excited about themselves <laughs> and right. have fun with themselves. Yeah, and just to realize that life is such a beautiful gift. And, and that, maybe, yeah. I'm going to add one more thing, Sally. I was thinking maybe having some fun projects that it's only you that you're going to do it. I don't know, maybe painting, pick up a painting class, podcast, uh, pick up a dancing class, that it's only you that you're going to do it. And it can be interesting. And I think once your partner sees that excitement in you, that passion in you, they, I believe they will fall in love more with you. Of than course. Of course. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot to be said about being confident 
there's a lot to be said about confidence and confidence actually requires a little bit of me time because you're comfortable in your own skin when you're comfortable in your own skin that means you've spent time with yourself and you appreciate yourself and you're full full to the brim and you know when you're full of confidence and full of life and full of happiness and full of love you're able to share it and that makes your relationship more beautiful right exactly and once you are uh, that i mean i think you can attract lots of friends as well and then you realize oh how fun person you are how lovable person you are then you realize even if this guy or this woman goes there is another people that will love me uh, I think once you realize that you're a very lovable human being and you will always have people that love you, even if this one goes and there is another person that will come and will love you and adore you, you will not be very clingy. You'll be like, okay, let me have my life and enjoy togetherness with him or with her. But then it's me again at the end. <laughs> No, it's, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful process. It's a beautiful process. Life is such a beautiful process. You do have to have me time. Now, and I want to mention this. I, I'm always, I never been, it's not like I always been like this. I've had relationships in early on my life that I was very needy. I would call, I would check in. I think the guy really hated me. I think he didn't even want to hear Matilda's name. He wanted to throw up because I was needy, clingy. Um, I would miss him constantly. I want him to be around me all, all the time. I think at that time, I didn't even know who Matilda was or what Matilda likes. My life was him. So I, I think after that made me realize um, when you're very clingy and very needy, people don't want to be around you. You're a clingy friend. Next thing you know, your friend doesn't want to hang out with you. Even a clingy parents, the child doesn't want to be around. So, and again, that's and 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 you. We can't generalize, but there are people like that out there. There are, believe it or not, there are people that want the clingy. They would need the clingy, and and that's okay. We're not judging anyone here. Uh, you know, the beauty of life is to really discover who you are and really discover what what keeps you happy what makes you love yourself even more and yes space is something that is very very sacred and space is something that is healthy and all experts say that but the amount of space the amount of space it varies from person to person from relationship to relationship and, uh, and, 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 you know, I hope this episode actually shed some light for a lot of listeners out there. I hope it helped them. And our next session, uh, Matilda, is going to be Sacred Connections. Yes. Sacred Connection. I'm so looking forward to this one because it's Mickey. huge. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very exciting. And uh, next week we're coming back with you a new episode that's right and that's going to be our sixth session 
and uh, and from that point forward, then Matilda and I we will see how this uh, beautiful uh, journey continues with uh, coffee with Matilda and uplifting humans, and uh, we'll see how that transforms itself. But uh, tune in uh, again for sacred connections in fires giving, of relationships. Talinium, we're yes. giving our podcast space. So we that's don't right. want to put it any label. We'll see how it goes with the flow. That's, that's, that's a, and that's a beautiful way to end, end exactly. this particular segment. So on that note, thank you so much. And I really, I really appreciated this conversation, Matilda. And to the listeners out there, I'm Solyndron Buller uh, from Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener. And I'm Matilda Tavanian, host of Coffee with Matilda, A Journey to Self. Till next time. Ciao. <laughs>